podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome once again to another match day edition of the Leeds Act podcast. I'm James and I'm joined by Andy. Friday night, baby. Tins yeah. o'clock. That is the one downside of doing a match day podcast the night before a Saturday game with you, Andy. What? That's just a normal Saturday, isn't it? In episode 117, we're discussing our home fixture with European Super League cheese-loving craft pub massive stadium giants Tottenham Hotspur. Coming up, we discuss our head-to-head record, how the teams line up, give our predictions for the game, and then, as always, have a chat afterwards. It's been a busy old week, actually, hasn't it? Is this really episode 117 of this drivel? 117 episodes of absolute nonsense, mostly your drunkenness. How many do you reckon you've listened to? How many beers do you reckon you've had? Oh, crap. No idea. It's good, though, isn't it? It is good. Yeah, it's. I didn't think we would have even got to 117 episodes, if I'm honest. I wouldn't have even thought we'd get to 100. No, and there should be a lot more, but we've binned off the monthly ones because we all got a bit slack, did not we? Well, the pandemic and all that. But we have got a few tasty ones lined up, actually, haven't we? Yeah, should be good. Keep your ears peeled. Eyes peeled. Ears. Have that'll, a listen. That'll do. So this week, people were allowed to collect their crowdies from Ellen Road, weren't they? I was one of those sad acts who went and got mine. I can't believe they charged you a quid. I got four of them. Four quid it cost me. So paid for them first time round, and then you've paid to collect them. Well, no, I got a free ones first time round, didn't it? I did that scheme with season ticket thing, because I just wanted to keep winning the club like, like a lovely man. But yeah, four quid. And on top of that as well, um, the club announced that West Brom ballot last game of the season for chance for season ticket holders to enter into to that game. Uh, what do you think to that? I look, it's it is what it is. I really hope I get to go. But <laughs> I won't be, look, it's one of them, and it opened just to season ticket holders, which I think is right. And yeah, we go from there. There's quite a lot of debate. Gold members, gold members were uh, very disappointed with that. Well, gold members, just like you said there. Apologies, gold members flaky just like gold member himself <laughs> nah that's harsh i um that was I a d- proper wind up i've got some like <laughs> on strings there on definitely i you know there's a few people that voiced the fact that they come over from ireland to games and their gold membership has allowed that for years and i understand but equally you gotta think the club have literally held money in their accounts from season ticket holders for the last season yeah, that's it. There's, there's no doubt the gold members are bloody brilliant and they're a massive lifeblood of the club and they pump loads of money in. But, I mean, 22,000 season ticket holders, is it, or something like that? And my season ticket rolled it over is like 450 from years gone by, whatever. Charge that by 22,000 if I want to. We've kept them afloat, essentially. Even with all that 63 million quid we lost or whatever it is. John O'Connor uh, talked to us about this on Twitter, but yeah, thanks for joining in that, John. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at a game soon. And you can come over from Ireland. He could buy me a pint. He's bloody called me out for having a drunken opinion, hasn't he? He can buy you a pint. Is that how it works? Yeah, too, right. I've <laughs> I've blessed his ears with these dulcet tones 117 times. He could buy me a beer. So on to Tottenham. How do you think our head-to-head looks? I mean, you rightly pointed out to me earlier, it's one worse than it was earlier on in the season. Yeah, so I think we're still there. Uh, I don't have a bloody clue, mate. I can't remember. I don't even know what day it is. Games won 32, games drawn 29, and games lost 37. Right, it's tighter than I thought. Obviously, we've mentioned we're recording this one the night before. The rumour mill is rife that Rafi and Calvin will be back in the team. Possibly Cooper as well. What, what are your thoughts on that? I'm a big fan of Liam Cooper. I've said it quite a lot on this podcast, how, how good I think he's been. And 
how I think is arguably what well, he is the linchpin of our team, isn't he? The captain is fantastic, but I think it'd be pretty hard to uh, displace displace strike. I know we had that little mistake at weekend, but that was as much Melier's fault as it was strike. Do we miss a bit of leadership at the back? Maybe, but there's quite a few players missing, including Calvin. So I don't know. That's such a splinter in the ass comment, isn't it? Sat the fence. <laughs> yeah, I get it though. I think. The one exception with Bielsa is, you know, you know, normally if someone comes out of the team, they then sort of go into a rotation waiting for someone else to be injured or, you know, for them to lose their way and then sort of steadily come back in as a sub or whatever. But I think, in all honesty, Cooper's probably a bit of an exception because I think Bielsa sees him as the, the chosen captain of the players, therefore the players would want him on the pitch. And he likes him as a bloke, doesn't he? He's always come out and said that one of the biggest characteristics you can have as a footballer is to be a decent person. And Cooper's got that abundance and that rubs off on the team and rubs off on the performance. And it, it kind of echoes and rings through the fan base. So you're right. Coops is in. Who's getting dropped? <laughs> Let's see. Let's just see what happens. It'll be interesting. And I think... Um... The main thing as well is, not the main thing, I don't know why I said that, but I get quite excited. I know Tottenham are a team that, we, that aren't really sort of a big rival of ours, but I like the idea of us being tested against Harry Kane and, and Son, because they are like one of the best attacking duos in the Premier you read League. That, you made that sound like some kind of dodgy business, Kane <laughs> and Son. <laughs> I know, I deliberately did that. No, you didn't. Yeah, I do I do feel like it's a good challenge for us against those two players. And, and I think whoever is in there for that battle, whether it's Cooper, Strook, Strook, Strike, um, and it'll be interesting. So Bale's coming to form, and he's sadly. So I think I think we're in for a test. The one thing I would say is that at the back they're not necessarily the best. Although Heuberg, 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 Pierre, what's his name? Heuberg was an absolute world beater against us in the last game, wasn't he? Who played in there, Calvin Phillips, well. So it'll be interesting to see if Phillips plays and he plays and if we, we win that battle. Yeah, that will be interesting. I think as well, rewinding back to that game, Mourinho does sort of tend to position his sides in a sort of defensive manner and that's why a player like him will 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 sit and play well against us. But I think this time round, they've got a young manager, very young manager, younger than us, Andy, which is terrifying. He's not a manager, he's a child. He is a child. How's, yeah. he, how's he got that gig? I understand. I, look, I know the, the horrific way his career ended and I feel very sorry for him, but bloody hellfire. How's he got the manager's job at Tottenham Hotspur? Was he, was he there under Fours coach or something? And he's been given nod just to end the season? I, I, I really don't understand it. Ryan Mason, is he the youngest manager since Fat Sam? Eh? Huh? You know, Fat Sam from Bugsy Malone. Oh, God. <laughs> Hook, line and sinker. Bloody hell. Oh, God. It's a bit niche for anyone uh, listening who's not seen Bugsy Malone, but just give it a Google. Isn't he a rapper? Probably. I don't know. I'm too old and uncultured. The answer's yes. Oh, well, there you go. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> See? Google knows. <laughs> Google does know. Yes, yeah, so as I was saying, you know... Okay. Shut up, Google. Hang on, let me just turn Google off. She's interrupting us. <laughs> as I was saying, I feel they might naively set up in a way where he doesn't play as defensive and it might be that this could be our day. Bit of a spoiler on my predictions there. Go on. You think we're going to win then? Uh, we'll come on to that. Right, Tottenham Hotspur Forum, the fighting cock. And they're massive fans of Robin. We all are. So this, this chap, or chapette, uh, biggest game of the season, win here and we're two points behind Chelsea who will travel to the Etihad later on in the day. This will be a tough game, both United and Chelsea were held to nil-nil draws in the past few weeks. This man talks a lot of sense, or 
Lady. It is their biggest game. They, they desperately need this, which is why I'm a bit worried about it. It's, 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 very, it's very much shit or bust for them, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think um, what I found interesting reading the forum is they don't really get the hate of us. So a few people, obviously younger fans, just saying, why? Why do we hate Leeds? And these two comments... Listen to these. Leeds had a reputation of playing dirty back in the 60s when they were managed by Don Revy. Didn't help that they were quite successful under him. Aside from that, Leeds' fan base has a bad reputation. Racist, aggressive, anti-Semitic, you name it. Right, next one. Leeds in general is a seriously racist area. Their fans are subhuman, scum-based on the interactions I've had with them. Proper dead behind the eyes. Simpletons up there. <laughs> Shame, as I like most other places in Yorkshire. But Leeds, not for me. I, I I don't like the racist stuff. I don't like any of it. It's sweeping generalisations about our entire fan base. I can take dead behind the eyes. A lot of us are, aren't we? I mean, I'm right up there, aren't I? But and Simpleton. Yeah, isn't it? But you know, I don't get the racist stuff. No, well, that's it. And uh, and I think uh... especially not in the modern times. Exactly. Anyway, moving on from that referee. Thanks, El Loco Joe on Twitter. Bloody love you. So Saturday sees the return of referee Michael Oliver for the Spurs game. He refed our opening game of the season versus Liverpool <sighs> and ha- and the home loss to West Ham. He was VAR for the Wolves and Chelsea games. So, so I've said I've said it a few times. I never trust someone with two first names. Like a first name is a first name and a surname. Doesn't yeah. doesn't sit right with me. The only way it could be worse is if he had a double-barreled surname that's two first names. <laughs> So like Michael Oliver David. Yeah, that sort of thing. That would be... Michael Oliver Arnold. <gasps> Looking at the research of Joe, he's refereed Spurs like 40-odd times. He's refed us nine times, given two penalties away against us, I think. So, yeah, one of them was obviously the um, the Liverpool handball. No. Yeah, the Robin oh, Clark, yeah. never no, a handball it, handball. It, it was Rodrigo. Was that a penalty later on? It was a free kick. It was a free kick, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see how that goes. I don't have fond memories of him anyway. Before we go on to predictions, what what are your memories of Tottenham? There's a few that stick out for me. Like there's obviously l- last time Bale played for them. Do you remember that sort of two footed challenge by Byram that he, that he sort of span past? Is that when Ross McCormack scored that absolute thunder bastard and Luke Vardy like travelled his inner greatest of all time? It was indeed. That's that's not my. Memories of Spurs. Obviously, I, I really enjoyed that one, and obviously the Beckford penalty. But for some reason, I always go back to a like we had a few games where we kept being like four three, and then Sergei Rebroff and Stefan Everson up top, and it, it were when we were just coming into four, getting into Champions League, and that. And those games were always really entertaining, really good, real good hundred mile an hour games, and that's what I'm hoping that we'll see tomorrow. I, I think when we played them earlier in the season, we didn't. We were ourselves. We looked scared, looked intimidated, didn't we? We've got beyond that, so I'm hoping that we turn up and uh, just do standard leads, give them a kick in, but after that last performance, bloody hell, who knows? Yeah, I agree. And I think my memories sort of go back to that time and we don't want to uh, bore any younger listeners with our greedy nostalgia of the 90s, but I do, um, yeah, really remember that when I first got my season ticket with my dad and we used to go watch and it was George Graham managing us. Oh, yeah. Everybody came back for the first time and we're all yeah. sat on that grass verge of pelting him abuse and maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why that geezer don't like us. I remember we played them in the FA Cup and Ian Hart scored a goal and we equalised and took it into White Hart Lane and, and yeah, around that time, just vaguely, I remember George Graham then going to them and then there was that spate of him trying to get Lucas Radderby from us and Willem Corsten was on loan to us but then he eventually went and signed for Tottenham and, and then that just sparked this whole, ah, oh, I hate Tottenham and that sort of lived with me all this time. There you go. You are right. 
I'm all right. I'll be okay. Anyway, prediction time, Andy. What say you? I sadly say 2-0 Tottenham. I sadly say 2-0 Leeds. Don't be sad about that. That's outstanding. I, I, I think I think we're going to go at them tomorrow. But I think they really, really need a win. I think if Rafinha's not playing... I mean, we, we showed the other day. I think there's... Well, Costa's out, isn't he? So, I think Jan, the provider-pervader, might get a start. And I, I don't dislike him at all, but I'm just not sure if he's quite ready to be starting a game yet. I hope he proves me wrong, but I, I, I just don't see where the goals come from for us tomorrow, sadly. Well, I feel that... We've had a chance to learn against this side. I know it's a different manager and playing in a different way, but that in itself helps us. And I feel like the players on the pitch certainly know what they're up against this time round. And I think Bielsa's grown in that time as well. You know, he's not all out like he was. He's a bit more measured. He, he understands the strengths of individual players in other teams and, and shapes us and prepares us to fight those battles on the pitch, really. And I just think tomorrow is one of those where, you know, it's it's been typical that we lost to Brighton and it was absolute dog. And it would be typical for us to beat Spurs who need this result way more than we do. So, yeah, I'm going to say 2-0 leads. And I hope I'm right, but I'm usually naive with my predictions. Okay, so that's it for the first half. We'll be back after this. But before we go, uh, we have our word. Andy, what is your word before we part? Mine's surprised. I'm really hoping that I come back and I'm surprised. And then I'm surprised that I'm surprised that how we've put in a good performance and won. That's been a bit of a theme for me this season. That I, at the start of the season, I was shocked that I was surprised at how well we were doing. And I feel like that could be... Well, I'm hoping that's how I feel tomorrow. I'm hoping that I'm utterly shell-shocked that we've beaten these and done it comprehensively. What about you? I am going to say cheese. <laughs> because this is one of those games that I think... You think che- it's going to be a breeze? <laughs> hey, I think the cheese wedge would have been absolutely pumping for this one. And yeah, it would have been just great to hear a lot of singing and a lot of mild, friendly abuse being thrown at their team, particularly particularly any domestic underperforming players as well. And, uh, and also, what club, whether it's true or not, whether it happened, what sort of club has a cheese shop in the stadium? They've got a cheese shop in the stadium? Yes, there was certainly plans for it, but there was there was talk of them having like a sort of cheese shop type bar in... <laughs> exactly, it's ridiculous. What kind of cheese were they going to sell? Uh, I don't know, just posh stuff. Posh, expensive Londoners. No, in fact, it probably would have been cheap shit priced at London prices. You pay 15 quid for a daily lunchable. Exactly, yeah. Other Uh, cheese-based snacks are available. They are, indeed. Cheese strings, for one. Anyway, we'll see you in the second half of the podcast shortly after this, and hopefully we've had a good result. Cheers. Cheese. They're really at the cheese shop. (laughs) Apparently so. (laughs) What the fuck's all about? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Is it?
<laughs> My turn. Yes, James. Well, while James pours himself a nice, big, dirty glass of guy nice, I've got some apologies to make. Go on. I'd like to apologise for my negativity in part one of the podcast saying, I don't know where the goals are coming from. It could have been a hell of a lot more as we've beaten Spurs 3-1 at home. And a massive, that's a big kick in the teeth for me after last week, slagging Rodrigo. And he comes off the bench and scores. So apologies to Rodrigo. Apologies for being negative, saying, don't know where the wind's coming from. We absolutely smashed him. It was glorious. James is drinking Guinness. The world is good. You fell into the foul wind of negativity that a lot of fans did, thinking that, you know, we were poor after the result at Brighton. But really, we just had a poor day. Yeah, we were very poor against Brighton. And today we were brilliant. It's frustrating because if you if you look at... <laughs> I know this is like so much of what football is. If we got them six points against Brighton, which we should have done because they're guff, and got them six points against Wolves, we were better than them. We're sitting pretty in fourth in the league. Well, exactly that. And uh, yeah, 3-1 at Ellen Road. You cannot argue at all with that performance. It was so good. Dallas, Bamford, Rodrigo on the score sheet for Leeds, like you say. And uh, another different position for Stuart Dallas today, out on the wing, back to where uh, he first came in, which is pretty crazy. And well, um, that's, where, that's where it was against Brighton. It was Poe, wasn't it? Yeah, but like I say, it was, it was not him individually. It was just collectively, it did not click last week for whatever reason, but this week it, it did. And Dallas said um, in post-match that they owed a good performance because it wasn't good enough. And, you know, this is the thing is like fans sort of, some fans, let's say. Me. <laughs> well, not just you, because I saw it all around. Bad uh, losers like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that basically, but they, you know, they... They pelt it towards players, and at the end of the day, like the players are professionals. Like Stuart Dallas, the way he talks, he absolutely loves playing for Leeds, and it must hurt them more than anyone. Um, you know, when they when they when they're defeated. So the last thing you want is someone also on your back. So you just got to keep sporting, don't you? Oh, I don't think I'm in the pelters category. I just had a little bit of a dig at Rodrigo last week because it was thirty million quid in his squad today. <laughs> no, you did. You you're you're all right. Don't worry. I- I'm just a very bad loser. And that's the thing. And I said in the first half of the podcast, my final word was surprise. I hope I'm surprised that we do it. And bloody hell, we were fantastic today. I did say we'd win. I'm pretty pleased with that. I'm not smug, but definitely smug. But you could you, you could feel it before that it was it was going to go that way. And I was so pleased when Dallas hit the back of the net as well because yeah, it was it just felt like it was coming like even before the game and it was it was just such a good feeling. To be the PFA player of the month, Stuart Dallas. Ballon d'Or, Stuart Dallas. He did get PFA Player of the Month, though, didn't he? Yeah, I know, and he, he fully deserves it, let's be honest. And I think as well, it is interesting that people are sort of waking up outside of Leeds to, to Stuart Dallas, but we've been saying it for the last two seasons, what a great player and great asset he is to the club. And the Man City game really was just the icing on the cake, wasn't it? It's like that made everyone everywhere suddenly realise, yeah, Stuart Dallas is an absolute baller. Is the, the, the best thing as well is so unassuming, isn't it? Yeah. Like if, even when he came into the being the linchpin first team first name on the sheet, like he he started last season, didn't he? Was when he came in to replace did he come in to start replacing Ailing at right back? We're thinking, oh God, why is he coming in? And I think Matthew summed up perfectly. He said, "We've had him on the bench for so long. How frustrating! Imagine where it would have been if we'd just been playing him all the time." But uh, Bielsa's brought out the best in him. Graham Smith asked. Bielsa on the evolution of Stuart Dallas and he asked him to explain it. Bielsa, like you just said then, you know, it's Bielsa bringing out the best in, but Bielsa 
basically patted it back to say, you know, this is all Stuart Dallas is making. And he said, you know, that Stuart Dallas was better to explain. But he said what Stuart Dallas attempts is, is simple and he's a tireless worker throughout the week and in games and he's an example for for everyone and I think I think it is that he does the simple things so so well and he always seems to be ahead in thought like he reads the game so well it's just purely down to work ethic if any any young fan is watching anybody you've, you've got to be looking at him as your benchmark of work your ass off do the basic things right have a little bit of flair about you and you'll be absolutely unstoppable Coming from a League One team in Brentford to a championship club in Leeds to now a Premier League club in Leeds, it's just wonderful, isn't it? And the tone was set early doors for me. It was nice to see uh, Mr Click back at his best. He, he he was bang on form. And it was straight off the bat when he he did that awesome bit of shithousing on, was it Aurier? He was, yeah. was hit the deck like he's been smashed and... Clicky's just laughing because he's like, I've not done anything there. And then about two minutes later, they get throwing. And instead of passing the ball, he launches it as hard as he can at the geezer's head. And it's just wonderful to see getting under people's skin. And it shows he's got his confidence back. And I think there was a, a, a bit of punditry that said he had the most shots in the game. That's more like Clicky, isn't it? Yeah, looking through the stats, like I won't read them all off, but... You know, pass accuracy was 81%, uh, 19 successful passes in final third, three shots, five duels won, 10 ball recoveries, just really good. And I think, like you say, like Click benefits massively when he is in those cocky, arrogant, shithousing type moods. His game comes out, there's like a swagger to his game. And and it did feel like it was back today and that it, more so that it had been missing in recent games, to be honest, or recent appearances. I think we've been stupid not to talk about VAR, but let's get onto that after we discuss the wonderful delivery of Jack Harrison today. And also, to be fair, Johnny, even on the right, Stewie Dick, the deliveries today were unbelievable, weren't they? Are you reading my notes or something? Is that what you're on about? Is, is that the <laughs> well, <next laughs> well, I've got here Harrison and, and I thought, yeah, he was one of those players last week that got a lot of stick. And, you know, even, even we were saying that his crosses were poor and he wasn't creating anything really for us when usually he can. And and today he caused them so many problems uh, down that side. And on the left-hand side in general, we had Harrison and Alioski and then Rafinha created the third goal. Like all the goals came from the left-hand side just playing so, so well. Your head's totally dropping, isn't it? When, <laughs> when you're losing 2-1, you're getting smashed on the flanks and they bring on Rafinha, who's probably the best winger in the Premier League at the minute. I loved the... Yeah, I mean, we've not talked specifically about the goals. We don't need to. Everyone's seen them so much anyway. You've watched them back. But the third goal was great. And the more I watch that back and you, the more you watch Rafinha's run, is he carries it to bring Dyer out. He carries him that extra extra yard. So Dyer comes out. He selflessly passes it to the right and Rodrigo smashes it in the back of the net. Just a, just a brilliant play. Brilliant play. And a cracking ball from Robin Cock to get to him. Oh, yeah, so good. And he's done it for Germany, hasn't he? I think he's proven now that we, well, that's true. That we don't really need a defensive mid-cover for Calvin because we've got one tailor-made and he's not even fully fit yet. You're saying but, sell, sell Calvin, is that what you're saying, Andy? No, 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 I'm saying he's cover. They've been talking about <laughs> getting cover for him for a while. But the interesting thing is, our third goal's borderline offside, if you look at VAR and the stupid rules that they have in place. Harry Kane... Miles offside, wasn't he? Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I said it on Twitter. You can't. The problem for me with VAR is you can't you can't celebrate it when it goes your way, can you? Because it's consistent. To be fair, it's consistently poor. But like, I don't really see too much difference between the lines 
they've drawn there on Keynes that's offside and the ones against Bamford that we've seen over the course of the season that stopped him getting golden boot by some country mile. It, it's the ones that, like with Rafinha's, you, you think, obviously I'm delighted it went for us, but why is he not? Why is that not? You know what I mean? That must be tight as a nun's chuff at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it is ridiculous. And like you say, it is consistently shit, which I suppose is one benefit. You know, we've had loads go against us this season and we've also had, you know, a couple go our way as well. But when the talking point is a bad VAR decision, what is the point in it? Just go back to bad referee decisions. At least it's... <laughs> <laughs> at least it's at least it's a human that you can be annoyed at, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think it, the game doesn't need it because when you get decisions being changed in grounds, it it kills it. Players don't know whether to celebrate. Fans don't know whether to celebrate. And I'll be honest, it is the one thing I am not looking forward to when we go back into the stadium. No, it's going to be uh, it's going to be guff. How exciting is that? The prospect of going back into the stadium. My it is. Mate. It is, but get rid of VAR first. That's my point. Pascal Strike's a bloody world beater, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's good. I'll tell you, that challenge he did as well. Oh, I tell you, I sounded <laughs> like my nan then. I'm going to uh, say she back on. <laughs> uh, that, there's sort of a last-ditch challenge, which you never like because you think, oh, God, what we've gone so horribly wrong for it to be last-ditch uh, to stop them going through. But he he made a great tackle to stop them. I think it might have been Sun who was, who was clear through. and He's consistent, isn't he? He really is, yeah. He's he's great. And Stuart Dallas said something in the post-match that was like, he said, you know, we knew we had to be um, full tilt today, paraphrasing, because, you know, they're, they're a team of world-class players. Like, essentially saying that Leeds aren't, but it's like, we've we've got some really good players in our team. You know, they've had a season proving themselves against Speechmark's world-class players. And he's so young, he's got this full career ahead of him and you hope he's got a long time at Leeds. And I think he will be up there. He's a, he's a great, great player. With these uh, extra spaces for Euros and Gareth Southgate there today, I'd be very interested to see what his trail of thoughts like because Luke Ayling again was unbelievable. He's, he's, I think he's lost some for their goal, maybe. But he's, he's the right back. Obviously, he's the my marking system. But Jack Harrison again today... Although he's very hit or miss, when he's on form, that delivery is unstoppable. Imagine that flying in. We said it the first game of the season when he came out against Liverpool and he was against Trent Alexander-Arnold. We all said Harrison had one of those performances that was like, he could easily, if he if he pulls off a few of these throughout the season, he could easily be in the England team. And it was the same again today. And I think you're right. If he can bring like consistency into it, there is no reason why he couldn't be trying to challenge for a spot in the England team. Yeah, I think you've got you've got to take him seriously. You've got to take all Leeds players seriously, haven't you? Stuart Dallas, he should be on that plane with Gareth as well. Yeah, yeah, the... the- What's the Cookstown Cafe? What's the uh, <laughs> Philippine? Uh, Cookridge Cafe was, I think, as a lot of people would <laughs> yeah. call it. Oh, uh, dear. If you don't know that joke, please look it up online. Yeah, we're not too thick on that one. <laughs> but, um, so, like, what's your, who's your one of the match? Have you, have you got one? Uh, it's, I mean, this is so hard because I know they... It's a funny one, isn't it? Because TV, when they give it, you, always, you sort of want to oppose them, but you kind of agree with them. And... Yeah. And they gave it to Harrison. I thought he was great. And obviously we talked about Click and we talked about Dallas. But for me, it's gotta be Stuart Dallas. It just has to be. Like I know I know Harrison had a great game, but it's all the things he does throughout the game. Not not just even on the ball. It's it's like Bielsa said, his work rate is just phenomenal and it helps everyone out so much. And again, being out of position 
what is his position? I don't even know anymore. And yeah, he's just just so good, like so good. And I always think back to like, sorry, if I'm waffling on now, but I always think back to my brother-in-law when we were mid-table championship saying how much he loved Stuart Dallas. And, and he's like, do you not think he's like our best player? He's amazing. And I was like, yeah, 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 he's, he's all right. You know, yeah, he's good. You know, he works hard. And I, and I think I probably was just this ignorant Leeds fan who was still living in the Premier League at that point and thought, but, is, you know, is he good enough to play in the Premier League? And, and I just sort of wrote him off as ever, as, as growing with the club. And I'll admit that and, and I'll happily admit how wrong I was. And it's just so good to watch him come on. And like Bielsa said, tirelessly working, no matter what position he's chucked into, he's always the same. And that today against Spurs was just another classic performance from him. And yeah, chuffed to have him in this this squad. And I think all the other players, anyone who comes in new, older, youth, has got so much to learn from him. He's absolutely phenomenal. Joe, my favourite thing about Stuart Dallas is, right, you know, like when someone's like a boss of a big company, but... They're not afraid of taking bins out. I reckon Stuart <laughs> Dallas is that bloke, isn't he? I reckon when there's like too much stuff in bins at Thorpe Archie's first one go, right, I'll do this, boys. He's got no ego. He's just, he does what is required of him. And for that, we are very, very fortunate. Uh, but my man of the match is, I, I'm struggling. Cool. I, I'm, in bet- I'm in between Jack Harrison because he was, he was just, he had them on strings all game. They were terrified of him. Alioski, I thought, was fantastic because I was a bit worried about him versus Bale. Bale just didn't track back. Bale was guff. And then when Mora came, well, Mora had no chance against Alioski. He was brilliant. Strike had Kane in his back pocket. That were it. It was brilliant. Cock was brilliant in the Phillips role. But it's none of them, James. Elon Millier. Francis number one gets the nod from me. <laughs> oh, I had a feeling you were going to say that. I don't know why, but I, I, he had a. It's ridiculous. They all had great games, but he had a great game. He was switched on constantly, and he was confident. He left ones that he knew were going wide, and if if you look back on it, they had a lot of opportunities that he just quashed straight away. They were done, and he didn't make a fuss of it. And if you look at the two keepers from France, one's won a World Cup, and one's just got his first pubic hair. The one who just got his first pubic hair was unbelievable. And I'm so happy that he plays for us. And I hope we sign him up for a 500-year contract. Yeah, I was, it was funny. I was doing some, oh, well, I say DIY. I was moving one brick, a brick from one place to another this afternoon. And, I, and and as I was moving them, I was thinking about Elan Melio and I was thinking, he's worth a lot of money, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he is, he's, just, he's just phenomenal. Like You think of the, the money that's exchanged hands for like some of the the goalkeepers in the Premier League, and he's up there. He's up there already. He's class. He needs a big fat contract that I think he's earned, and he needs a stupid buyout clause of like nine hundred million euros or something. Because if we can hang on to him for the next 15, 20 years, see my lad's four, right, and he's unhinged. He wants to be a goalkeeper, and his favourite player is Melier, and he's going, "Oh yeah," I'm going, "Hang on a minute. If you're any good at being a goalkeeper, which you know." let's be fair, if he's got my genes, he's not going to be a footballer, right? <laughs> but I worked out that he could play with him if he's good and signs for Leeds. That's how weird it is that my four-year-old, if we're on to Melier for all this time, could be in the squad with Melier in, what, 14 years' time? And Melier will be 35. That would be class. We're, still, we're still four more years to go. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Melier, unbelievable. Good choice, Andy. Good choice. After all that, 
all that said and done, what is the one word to close us out? Surprised again. I'm sticking true to it. Surprised that I was surprised that we'd go off and ruin their season. For me, it's delicious. Your Guinness. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's delicious. But it was a delicious performance by us. You know, we've craved that for a long, long time. I say a long, long time. A week. It feels. <laughs> I was gonna say it feels like a long time after a defeat. It's horrible, isn't it? But we're so spoiled, aren't we? <laughs> I know. But yeah, it was it was it was brilliant, and I'm glad that they perform like that against a side that on paper are very, very threatening. So, yeah, delicious because after all that talk in the first half of the podcast of uh, cheese, I'm off to make a cheese sandwich for my tea. Good lad. Yeah, in, in fact, yeah, we've we've done the we've done the one word, but you know, there was some other interesting news around in the football world today, so we should probably cover that, shouldn't we, Andy? Oh, uh, Derby are absolutely tragic. They make my blood boil, and they probably love hearing that. But why are they celebrating out? Because they've fluked out of getting relegated. They're absolutely disgusting, aren't they? They are disgusting. Because, well, I don't know if you saw, but there was all the fans celebrating with the players, having beers in a in the car park outside the ground. But it's like, would you really want to celebrate with those players that have underperformed that badly this season? You know, you'd be, you'd be celebrating with your mates by all accounts, but come on. Not even celebrating, just be like relief, won't it? It'd be like... Oh, like, yeah. Derby County allegedly took a shit in our changing room, celebrated on the pitch like they've been promoted to the Premier League. So there you go. They've always been ones for over celebrating. Well, Matt summed it up perfectly. And he said, wish that after the playoff semi-final that one of you lads had the foresight to tell me that less than two years later, we'd be deservedly beating Spurs to go top half of the Premier League while Derby are trying to cling to a draw to stay in the Championship. That made you feel great, wouldn't it, if, if we'd known that? If you go back to the podcast, I suspect Paul probably did try to level Matt's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Episode one, was it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Anyway, well, thanks for listening again to another Match Day edition of the Leeds That Podcast. We're going to be back next weekend when we play Burnley. 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 And uh, hopefully it's another good performance. But you they've, never, they've got that Chris know. Woods, haven't they? Chris Woods, the plural. Lumper. They've got a lumper. Lumper Wood. Oh, flipping heck. Can't wait to get back into the ground and hear him. Well, there's quite a few things there, isn't there? There's obviously Charlie Taylor. There's, there's Chris Woods. Sean Dyche, who wrote off Bamford all those years ago. So Matej Vidra, who came and bought some lunch, then went to Burnley. <laughs> yeah, so it could be an interesting one. But anyway, we'll be back. And uh, yeah, as I say, thanks for listening to the podcast. It's really appreciated. Give us a like or review or whatever you do. Uh, yeah, cheers. What do people do? I don't know. I've never actually thought about it, but if you're on like Apple Podcasts or something, I think you can leave a review. Do that. Uh, That'd be great. Have you ever listened to us? Uh, only when I edit it. <laughs> See, I don't even listen when I edit it. I just cut out my ramblings and a couple of swears. No one listens to it. It's fine. We just put this into the ether for cathartic reasons. Yeah. Well, yeah, on that note, in a bit. See you later. Cheers. Podcast Network.